section seventy part three chapter four continued of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasquibanes translated by charlotte brewster jordan this librivox recording is in the public domain dona luisa received a letter from germany her sister wrote from berlin transmitting her letters through the kindness of a south american in switzerland this time the good lady wept for some one besides her son she wept for elena and the enemies in germany there were mothers too and she put the sentiment of maternity above all patriotic differences poor frau von hartrott her letter written a month before had contained nothing but death notices and words of despair captain otto was dead dead too was one of his younger brothers the fact that the latter had fallen in a territory dominated by their nation at least gave the mother the sad comfort of being able to weep near his grave but the captain was buried on french soil nobody knew where and she would never be able to find his remains mingled with hundreds of others a third son was wounded in poland her two daughters had lost their promised lovers and the sight of their silent grief was intensifying the mother's suffering von hartrott continued presiding over patriotic societies and making plans of expansion after the near victory but he had aged greatly in the last few months the sage was the only one still holding his own the family afflictions were aggravating the ferocity of professor julius von hartrott he was calculating in a book he was writing the hundreds of thousands of millions that germany must exact after her triumph and the various nations that she would have to annex to the fatherland dona luisa imagined that in the avenue victor hugo she could hear the mother's tears falling in her home in berlin you will understand luisa my despair we were all so happy may god punish those who have brought such sorrow on the world the emperor is innocent his adversaries are to blame for it all don marcelo was silent about the letter in his wife's presence he pitied elena for her losses so he overlooked her political connections he was touched too at dona luisa's distress about otto she had been his godmother and desnoyers his godfather that was so don marcelo had forgotten all about it and the fact recalled to his mental vision the placid life of the ranch and the play of the blonde children that he had petted behind their grandfather's back before julio was born for many years he had lavished great affection on these youngsters when dismayed at julio's delayed arrival he was really affected at thinking of what must be karl's despair but then as soon as he was alone a selfish coldness would blot out this compassion war was war and the germans had sought it france had to defend herself and the more enemies fell the better the only soldier who interested him now was julio and his faith in the destiny of his son made him feel a brutal joy a paternal satisfaction almost amounting to ferocity no one will kill him my heart tells me so a nearer trouble shook his peace of mind 
when he returned to his home one evening he found dona luisa with a terrified aspect holding her hands to her head the daughter marcelo our daughter chichi was stretched out on a sofa in the salon pale with an olive tinge looking fixedly ahead of her as if she could see somebody in the empty air she was not crying but a slight palpitation was making her swollen eyes tremble spasmodically i want to see him she was saying hoarsely i must see him the father conjectured that something terrible must have happened to lacour's son that was the only thing that could make chichi show such desperation his wife was telling him the sad news rene was wounded very seriously wounded a shell had exploded over his battery killing many of his comrades the young officer had been dragged out from a mountain of dead one hand was gone he had injuries in the legs chest and head i've got to see him reiterated chichi and don marcelo had to concentrate all his efforts in making his daughter give up this dolorous insistence which made her exact an immediate journey to the front trampling down all obstacles in order to reach her wounded lover the senator finally convinced her of the uselessness of it all she would simply have to wait he the father had to be patient he was negotiating for rene to be transferred to a hospital in paris the great man moved desnoyers to pity he was making such heroic efforts to preserve the stoic serenity of ancient days by recalling his glorious ancestors and all the illustrious figures of the roman republic but these oratorical illusions had suddenly fallen flat and his old friend surprised him weeping more than once an only child and he might have to lose him chichi's dumb woe made him feel even greater commiseration her grief was without tears or faintings her sallow face the feverish brilliancy of her eyes and the rigidity that made her move like an automaton were the only signs of her emotion she was living with her thoughts far away with no knowledge of what was going on around her when the patient arrived in paris his father and fiance were transfigured they were going to see him and that was enough to make them imagine that he was already recuperated chichi hastened to the hospital with her mother and the senator then she went alone insisted on remaining there on living at the wounded man's side waging war on all regulations and clashing with sisters of charity trained nurses and all who roused in her the hatred of rivalry soon realizing that her violence accomplished nothing she humiliated herself and became suddenly very submissive trying with her wiles to win the women over one by one finally she was permitted to spend the greater part of the day with rene when desnoyers first saw the wounded artilleryman in bed he had to make a great effort to keep the tears back ay his son too might be brought to this sad pass the man looked to him like an egyptian mummy because of his complete envelopment in tight bandage wrappings the sharp hulls of the shell had fairly riddled him there could only be seen a pair of sweet eyes and a blond bit of moustache sticking up between white bands the poor fellow was trying to smile at chichi who was hovering around him with a certain authority as though she were in her own home 
two months rolled by rene was better almost well his betrothed had never doubted his recovery from the moment that they permitted her to remain with him no one that i love ever dies she asserted with a ring of her father's self-confidence as if i would ever permit the boche to leave me without a husband she had her little sugar soldier back again but oh in what a lamentable state never had don marcelo realized the deep personalizing horrors of war as when he saw entering his home this convalescent whom he had known months before elegant and slender with a delicate and somewhat feminine beauty his face was now furrowed by a network of scars that had transformed it into a purplish arabesque within his body were hidden many such his left hand had disappeared with a part of the forearm the empty sleeve hanging over the remainder the other hand was supported on a cane a necessary aid in order to be able to move a leg that would never recover its elasticity but chichi was content she surveyed her dear little soldier with more enthusiasm than ever a little deformed perhaps but very interesting with her mother she accompanied the convalescent in his constitutionals through the bois de boulogne when in crossing a street automobilists or coachmen failed to stop their vehicles in order to give the invalid the right of way her eyes shot lightning shafts as she thundered shameless embusque she was now feeling the same fiery resentment as those women of former days who used to insult her rene when he was well and happy she trembled with satisfaction and pride when returning the greetings of her friends her eloquent eyes seemed to be saying yes he is my betrothed a hero she was constantly arranging the war cross on his blouse of horizon blue taking pains to place it as conspicuously as possible she also spent much time in prolonging the life of his shabby uniform always the same one the old one which he was wearing when wounded a new one would give him the officery look of the soldiers who never left paris as he grew stronger rene vainly tried to emancipate himself from her dominant supervision it was simply useless to try to walk with more celerity of freedom lean on me and he had to take his fiancee's arm all her plans for the future were based on the devotion with which she was going to protect her husband on the solicitude that she was going to dedicate to his crippled condition my poor dear invalid she would murmur lovingly so ugly and so helpless those blackguards have left you but luckily you have me and i adore you it makes no difference to me that one of your hands is gone i will care for you you shall be my little son you will just see after we are married how elegant and stylish i am going to keep you but don't you dare look at any of the other women the very first moment that you do my precious little invalid i'll leave you alone in your helplessness desnoyers and the senator were also concerned about their future but in a very definite way they must be married as soon as possible what was the use of waiting the war was no longer an obstacle they would be married as quietly as possible there was no time for wedding pomp so rene lacour remained permanently in the house on the avenida victor hugo 
after the nuptial ceremony witnessed by a dozen people don marcelo had had dreams of other things for his daughter a grand wedding to which the daily papers would devote much space a son-in-law with a brilliant future but i this war everybody was having his fondest hopes dashed to pieces every few hours he took what comfort he could out of the situation what more did they want chichi was happy with a rollicking and selfish happiness which took no interest in anything but her own love affairs the desnoyers business returns could not be improved upon after the first crisis had passed the necessities of the belligerents had begun utilizing the output of his ranches and never before had meat brought such high prices money was flowing in with greater volume than formerly while the expenses were diminishing julio was in daily danger of death but the old ranchman was buoyed up by his conviction that his son led a charmed life no harm could touch him his chief preoccupation therefore was to keep himself tranquil avoiding all emotional storms he had been reading with considerable alarm of the frequency with which well-known persons politicians artists and writers were dying in paris war was not doing all its killing at the front its shocks were falling like arrows over the land causing the fall of the weak the crushed and the exhausted who in normal times would probably have lived to a far greater age attention marcelo he said to himself with grim humor keep cool now you must avoid friend chernoff's four horsemen you know he spent an afternoon in the studio going over the war news in the papers the french had begun an offensive in champagne with great advances and many prisoners desnoyers could not but think of the loss of life that this must represent julio's fate however gave him no uneasiness for his son was not in that part of the front but yesterday he had received a letter from him dated the week before they all took about that length of time to reach him sub-lieutenant desnoyers was as blithe and reckless as ever they were going to promote him again he was among those proposed for the legion d'honneur these facts intensified don marcelo's vision of himself as the father of a general as young as those of the revolution and as he contemplated the daubs and sketches around him he marvelled at the extraordinary way in which the war had twisted his son's career on his way home he passed marguerite laurier dressed in mourning the senator had told him a few days before that her brother the artilleryman had just been killed at verdun how many are falling he said mournfully to himself how hard it will be for his poor mother but he smiled immediately after at the thought of those to be born never before had the people been so occupied in accelerating their reproduction even madame laurier now showed with pride the very visible curves of her approaching maternity and desnoyers noted sympathetically the vital volume apparent beneath her long mourning veil again he thought of julio without taking into account the flight of time he felt as interested in the little newcomer as though he were in some way related to it and he promised himself to aid generously the laurier baby if he ever had the opportunity 
on entering his house he was met in the hall by dona luisa who told him that lacour was waiting for him very good he responded gaily let us see what our illustrious father-in-law has to say his good wife was uneasy she had felt alarmed without knowing exactly why at the senator's solemn appearance with that feminine instinct which perforates all masculine precautions she surmised some hidden mission she had noticed too that rene and his father were talking together in a low tone with repressed emotion moved by an irresistible impulse she hovered near the closed door hoping to hear something definite her wait was not long suddenly a cry a groan the groan that can come only from a body from which all vitality is escaping and dona luisa rushed in just in time to support her husband as he was falling to the floor the senator was excusing himself confusedly to the walls the furniture and turning his back in his agitation on the dismayed rene the only one who could have listened to him he did not let me finish he guessed from the very first word hearing the outcry chichi hastened in in time to see her father slipping from his wife's arms to the sofa and from there to the floor with glassy staring eyes and foaming at the mouth from the luxurious rooms came forth the world-old cry always the same from the humblest home to the highest and loneliest oh julio oh my son my son end of section seventy